Hey, welcome and back, yeah. We are watching the Lincoln Project viral clips. And how's your German America, motherfuckers? It's good. Okay. So yeah, Lincoln Project. We just covered the past month's worth. And that's a fact. No label purports to be a nonpartisan organization despite being backed by far right maggot donors. Latest evidence disputing that a no labels donor has been identified as a business partner of Donald Trump's son in law, Jared Kushner. That's a fact. In 2022, Biden signed the PACT Act meant to increase medical benefits to veterans exposed to atomic chemicals. There have been over 700,000 claims. Biden is the candidate who fights to protect veterans, and the numbers show it. DeSantis campaign down, Bidenomics up, and Trader 2 Brazil creates a national security crisis. That's on the latest. Uh, Tara Setmeyer, okay, that was a lovely lady on Mea Culpa that I just covered. Check it out. DeSantis campaign down, Bidenomics up, and Trump. Tom. Can America's Karen help Ron DeSantis? The breakdown starts now. <laughs> And Rick Wilson is here, and oh my goodness, America's Karen. Rick, you know, uh, we're going to get into this in a minute. I'm Rick come to you now. It was a whole slap. I can't take credit for that. It came from David Jolly. Over the weekend, we were on MSNBC together, but it created a whole thing. So we're going to talk about Ron DeSantis because... They got very, very, very angry. Very triggered. Very triggered. Stop calling... Selena DeSantis, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Selena? Serena DeSantis? Because yeah. <laughs> I call her Serena Waterford. Yes. Uh, for you handmaid's tail fans out there. So, yeah, it, was, um, it, it made DeSantis' world in the magazine very, very upset. Um, and some of the hate mail I posted on Twitter was just insane. But anyway, we've got lots to talk to you guys about because it is a busy, busy political time. This part of the summer, Congress is busy trying to pass appropriations bills. We've got this Senator Tuberville jerk-off that's holding up military appointments and and uh, doesn't apparently understand the definition of white nationalists. Senator from Alabama, how convenient. Uh, Alabama! Got a couple of Alabama. Oh, Alabama senator Listen, there's lots of good and decent people in Alabama, but uh, Tubber to, Tommy Tuberville ain't one of them. Let's there talk are about many. That. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, um, I will say this, just a quick Tuberville story. Yeah. I, I have a friend of mine who lives in Alabama. He is, you would profile him as a classic sort of, uh, of, of Alabama good old boy. He helps run a big uh, hunting plantation, a quail plantation up there. Uh, and he 
DM me last night. He goes, as a former U.S. Marine, Tommy Tuberville can go fuck himself. I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, we're, hold your thoughts. We're, we're going to get to cover though in a minute. Yeah. We have some good LP content on that. We've got a lot of great LP content in case you guys missed it. Do. Given um, that Twitter is shitting the bed and they're they're seem to be suppressing our content. Folks are not getting to see it as often on Twitter. But guess what? Mark Zuckerberg decided to say, hold my beer and start his threads. And LP is on threads. So if you guys aren't following us yet, all of us are on threads. Rick is, I am. Lincoln Project is on threads. Uh, all the major players. As I posted on my Twitter profile, of course I'm on Twitter. I'm not an animal. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we're spooling over there on threads. Uh, whatever we're going to call it. I don't know what they're going to call it. I guess we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, something. I don't know. Do you know what that's what they call when, when squirrels are really hot and they lay flat on their stomach? They call that spooling. I did not know that. I learned that a couple days ago because there somebody, some local news station did a story on this. And our squirrels do this all the time on our deck. And I think it's hysterical and cute. And they just lay there flat and it's to cool themselves off. Anyway, after the slides. Yeah, here we are. Um, we've got Chinese spies and Hunter Biden witnesses and that whole embarrassing debacle with uh, James Comer and his committee and that nonsense. We're going to talk about that too. And then, of course, there's the moms for Hitler. I mean, liberty people. Yeah, we're going to talk about what that is, too. So lots and lots of stuff to catch up on. Um, but, of course, we are never complete unless we start off with the insanity of last week in the Republican Party. We're really <laughs> Come with me for lunch at the legendary Trump burger that I walked in and I was immediately taken back. It's really funny. I mean, Trump stuff everywhere. This is Pride Month as far as uh, MAGA goes. It's really a fun place, man. And I mean, look at this. you got the Trump name on the bond branded the primary threat to America isn't the mysterious white supremacists joke he's talking about that nobody can ever see doing anything maybe the real threat to America are the transgender cross-dressing killers Marjorie Taylor needed McCarthy she's under him Figuratively and literally. Sorry. Sorry. Failure to launch Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' campaign to topple Donald Trump has stalled. <laughs> I will also order our government to deny entry to all communists and markets. Look, you're down over 30 points to Trump. What's your strategy for catching up? Well, first, I think it's pretty clear that the media does not want me to be the candidate. The media does not want me to be the nominee. If you can't read between the lines, the conclusion that one draws is that condoms are kind of gay. Inject their ideology through graphic pornography like genderqueer and flamer. We want the Constitution. We want the Bible in our schools. Learn more by going to DonJuniorGold.com. That's D-O-N-J-R Gold.com. And support the companies who support you instead of the woke companies who hate your guts do you have a climate plan it's going to be to rip up joe biden's green new deal the definition of a white nationalist well that's is your definition my definition is, is racism bad a Believe white in nationalist things. is racist senator well th that's your opinion the land of the free and the home of the brave 
this great land. It, it, you know, there's never a shortage of material for this last week in the Republican Party nonsense. But, Rick, I think we, we've got to start off with this DeSantis stuff because it, it, he's all over the headlines. And every single time DeSantis has this, like, rash of headlines, they're never good. It's always, you know, how he's unlikable, how his campaign got off to a terrible start, how he yelled at a high school kid. Uh, now it's about donors jumping ship because they see that DeSantis is not taking off, that his campaign has been ripe with missteps, and he's losing to Trump by 40 points, 30 points, 23 points, depending on which state it is. But he's not getting any closer. He's getting further and further away. You know, Terry, you and I have been around electoral politics for a long time. And, and, and if you add up everybody in the senior level in LP and the Republican, well, we've been around for about, I don't know, 500 years. I was going to say, like 500 years. It's a crazy number. Stuart's the 100 years of by himself. We've been through dozens of races, many, many contests at every single level. And the most fundamental thing you learn in politics is that some candidates have the gift of connection and some don't. And, and it, it's not a partisan thing at all. Barack Obama and Ronald Reagan made you feel inspired, particularly if you were one of the people that was even vaguely inclined to like them. You sit in a room with Bill Clinton or George W. Bush, and they are likable people. They are. They're people who you will sit there and talk about, you know, your day or the weather or the world or your family, and you'll feel like, correctly, by the way, that they're listening to you. That's true. Some people are not, and they don't have that gift. Some people feel distant and distracted and... and, and Manufactured. And, and, right, and, and contrived and fake and manufactured. Mm -hmm. And in the case of Ron DeSantis, and I'm, I'm saying this just as a... Not as somebody who dislikes Ron DeSantis. I dislike him, but for, for his actions, not his character. He comes across as a man who is a small guy. He's pinched, he's mean, he's snippy, he's cool... He lacks that joyous nature of a happy warrior. Yep. And, and so when all these people for a year and a half were saying, and you and I were some of the first people in this country on Correct. this very show to say, this guy is a paper tiger. He, yep. is a, he is an overpriced stock. And the reason we knew that from the beginning was because he didn't have the gift. You can see it. You can know it. It's like having perfect pitch. Or being able to dance. These things, some people can do them, some people can't. Some people can learn them, most people can't. Mm -hmm. He can't. He's one of those guys that, that doesn't have it and can't learn it. And that is a really painful discovery. On display every, every single minute. day. And in places like Iowa, I was on um, MSNBC earlier today asked about Iowa, because they're having one of those cattle calls this weekend out there, some Christian conference in Iowa. Right. One of those, like, obligatory cattle call things. Right. And uh, DeSantis, like, everyone is focused on, you know, DeSantis is going to reset, and what's he going to do, and how critical is this that he do well in Iowa? I'm like, Iowa's the worst place for this guy. It's all about retail politics there. Iowa and New Hampshire both. 
Right. This is neither one of them are right. Neither one of, neither New Hampshire or Iowa is a place that rewards the the concept of operations of the DeSantis campaign, which is to be very online. They're gonna meme their way to the nomination and all this other crap. They They're gonna be the ones who are the most like Oh my God! Let's make sure we have the Nick Fuentes types on our side and the crazies, and and you just can't run a national campaign where people do not know you or against like you. Donald Trump. No, and so, the thing about it too is like those are places where you need the people to be inspired to caucus for you. You can only pay right. for so much of that, and same thing with Jeff Rowe is paying for a lot of it right now. Right. <laughs> money. Like a drunken sailor in a whorehouse in the Philippines in 1949. Oh, my this God. is out of control. Two yeah. million dollars a week, I'm hearing. How much? Two million a week is what I'm hearing. Wow. And guess yeah. what? 85% of it runs through Jeff Rose companies for direct mail, field operations, door knocking, canvassing data, pulling. It's just, I'm like, Such a I'm sorry. Jeff Rowe is going to come out of this thing being able to buy his own Learjet. You yeah, know, no golf stream. Come at, on. At this rate, it's it's absurd and asinine some of the way these campaigns spend this money. But the consultants are the ones who are the fat cats because they're like, okay, yeah, sure. Because <laughs> they make all right, cool. Yeah, sure. You want to do that? Let's do that. Like it's not a winning strategy because they all know that they're not going to beat Donald Trump at this point. There are right. thirty five candidates in here of like you know the freaking guy from Miami. We've got the the governor from North Dakota. We've got Larry Elder for fuck's sake. What? Larry <laughs> Elder. Well, I forgot he was even in it till I saw the the, the screen full of right, the, right. the debate. I was like, this guy, um, you know, Will Hurd, who I do like actually. I thought he he was a good congressman and and you know one of the. I, I consider Will to be a good a good man. Yes, I, I find it inexplicable he's doing this on the one either. level because he knows it's 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 not going to go. I know. It's I find it admirable. I think it's on the other that he's been willing to say, "I'm not going to vote for Trump. He's not the guy." Yeah, at least I think you know what I think it is. I think he's using this as an opportunity to be relevant to get that message out there because he's part of that small group of establishment Republicans who think that there's sure. some way to salvage this. And uh, they figure, hey, you know, he's like, I'll, I'm not doing anything right now. I'll do it. And I know I'm not going to win, but at least that message is out there where people can see that there are some sane Republicans yeah. left. I mean, God bless him. I don't think he enough. makes the debate stage, unfortunately. No, he's not going to. He's definitely not going to because of the way the, the rules are set. But you know who is going to make the debate stage, which is Chris Christie. Oh, yes, and, he is. Your Jersey, your Jersey boy. You know, I mean, I have a love-hate relationship with this Christie character and this candidacy because as much as I want to see him take down Trump and DeSantis, he is a kamikaze candidate. He does not have a snowball's chance in hell no. of, of moving any needle. Uh, in his favor, what he will do is he'll, like I said, he'll he'll throw out the takedowns there. But who is the constituency? Maybe that helps in the general. But Chris Christie wants us all to forget the role he played to get us here in the first place, which is why I'm very upset with my fellow Jersey guy. Because if he had done what he's doing now, back in 2016, we may have had a different result. So he chose the wrong side when it mattered most. So I'm I'm kind of you know. I, I go back and forth about my, my love-hate relationship with Christie. But back to the DeSantis thing, the importance of realizing that all these big Republican billionaires and the mega-donor class, that, they're, that the headlines are out there now in public, 
that they're concerned about DeSantis and DeSantis is trying to quote reset and, and send his wife out on the campaign trail thinking that she's going to somehow save him. It's given me very Jeb Bush vibes. Remember when Jeb was like, please clap and things were going downhill for him. He tried to put his mom out there because everybody loves Barbara Bush. <laughs> like, Dude, if you got to go to your mom or your wife to save you, it's Listen. already over. Listen, uh, we have seen this show, and this is another thing you learn in, in, in political experience. Presidential campaigns are the most grueling and demanding and decisive test of your operations, your character, your planning, your strategy, your team. And Ron DeSantis, and people don't realize this, Ron DeSantis inherited a machine in Florida. Mm-hmm. And it ran his first campaign. He won by 66,000 votes, a very close race. He was not a great candidate. He had Donald Trump cut an ad for him where, where he, he put his children uh, in, into cosplay for Trump. Yeah, so um, and then after he won the first race, he fired his campaign staff. But he had kept the, the control of the Republican Party of Florida. It's a massive, amazing machine that is the best Republican Party in the country. Yes. I would pit the Republican Party of Florida against the entire DNC just for operational skill and, and willingness to cut throats and get the job done. They're I agree. Badasses. I know this. I helped build that organization as a younger guy. I've been around it my whole adult life. They know what the fuck they're doing. Mm-hmm. We have them. But they can't go and run his presidential campaign. He doesn't trust them. He and Casey are an army of two. They don't believe in anyone else. They don't trust anybody else. And so they've been out there showing people who Ron DeSantis really is. And that was a mistake. Right. And And that doesn't work on a national level. You can't just just be you two. You have to have a kitchen cabinet of people. And you have to have a, a core group of consultants that you trust that have been with you that can tell you when you're screwing up and can be honest with you and who you trust to to right the ship when you start to go off course. It's only him and his wife. Right, and right. that's exactly. not a great and, combination. And, you know, I mean, one the big part of this, why are these billionaires running through the hills now? Why are suddenly the National Review guys who were Ron DeSantis cheerleaders? I mean, if you read National Review for the last year and a half, it was like the daily lap dance for Ron DeSantis. Well, oh my God, he's the smartest man to ever walk the earth. He's the tallest, most handsome gentleman ever. (laughs) We are graced to be in the presence of this god. And now they're like, oh, fuck. Right. They all want to be past Donald Trump, but they don't want to give up on Trumpism. They thought Mm -hmm. he could be the Trump Trump replacement. They thought they could keep the evil of authoritarian MAGA without Trump. They Mm -hmm. never could. Trump was always going to come back and devour all of them. That's right. you know, all these guys betting that Trump will die of a heart attack or Trump will fall off a bridge or Trump will be eaten by a wolf <laughs> or Trump will be arrested. It's all wish casting. It Until is. Until it happens, it happens. And it ain't happened yet. No, it, well, the arrest has happened twice, but that hasn't made a difference. It's actually it hasn't helped changed it. the ball game. Actually helped him. We, have a, uh, we have some content on this DeSantis situation. Oh, yes, we do. It looks like Ron DeSantis continuing his free fall in the polls. There's something about you that's not connecting for whatever reason. Not connecting with the voter. Failure to launch Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' campaign <laughs> to topple Donald Trump has stalled. I'm talking about failure to launch. He's just sinking. 
and I don't think he has to drop out. He's just going to fade out and just wither and die on the vine there. Down over 30 points to Trump. What's your strategy for catching up? And Ron DeSantis' biggest problem. Yeah, his biggest problem is people are getting to know him. And he also, from every report, seems to be a weird guy with voters. <laughs> Ron DeSanctimonious is getting absolutely demolished for yesterday's performance in New Hampshire. No crowds, no enthusiasm, no interest. His campaign is in total disarray. We're not the only ones who notice. Fox is souring on him, too. It's glorious. When that headline said, the Murdochs can smell a loser, I'm like, Ooh. Yeah, that's brutal. It's brutal. Brutal. So, uh, yeah. World's tiniest violin over here for, for Ron DeSantis. Ron the De, De, De fascist there in Florida. Um, but this culture war stuff is what concerns me also. Because we see yeah. what he's doing. This is the, the Republican Party's agenda now isn't anything that really... Um, has any semblance of what the party used to run on. So we're going to talk about Tuberville and that in a second, but this whole like national security stuff, like Republicans used to be all about the national security and foreign policy and, you know, America's strength. And there's none of that now. It's like none. the total opposite. And this culture war stuff is what's what they think is, is the way to go. And you have these moms for liberty, right? So Casey DeSantis went out and, and did this mamas for DeSantis. Okay, whatever. But now this Moms for Liberty group is getting the, the conventional media treatment, which is really infuriating for me because there's nothing conventional about these women. They are extremist wackadoodles, and they are exploiting the uh, uh, you know education and curriculum and our kids and parenting. They're exploiting this stuff to try to yep. gin people up. Virginia was the microcosm for it in 2021 with with uh, Glenn Youngkin's campaign and CRT right. and scaring everyone. So that was the microcosm, and now they've scaled it up. And these crazy freaking women are out here cheering Hitler. They just had a conference not too long ago in in, in um, Philadelphia. Right. And one of these members wrote a, a Hitler quote or a Nazi quote in their newsletter. And when it was found out, they didn't, they were like, oh, sorry, but like, not really. First of all, why are you putting Nazi quotes in your newsletter? Right. About it was like, sorry, not kids, sorry. Right. It was like the Hitler quote about the Hitler youth. And at the, at the conference, one of the speakers brings it up again about how, oh, one of their members, one of their moms was attacked. Pull this clip. This is insane. Yeah, it's not about the attack. Lady. I know. Watch this. Always a reason. There's always a reason why something happens, right? Yes. One of our moms in a newsletter posted. Woo! I'm sorry. Was that a cheer for Hitler? That was a whoop and then a cheer. And you know what? And they 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 can spin it all day long. Oh. We're not for Hitler. We're not the, you know, I'm at a conscious filing back. We are, we're, we're just, we're just moms who want our kids to be safe in school. You know what? 
I'm a guy who believes that you can't even be like a just the tip Hitler fan. <laughs> I'm a I'm a hundred percent not Hitler guy. <laughs> right. If you quote Hitler, you must appropriately contextualize the quote, such as this is what the monstrous dictator Adolf Hitler, who ran the Holocaust, said. Right. I'll tell you one thing that 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 I'm seeing more and more of, regrettably, um, is. Is there are a lot of people who t- have adopted the Steve Bannon rule of I have no enemies to my right, and so they find the 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 rising tide of the neo Nazi stuff distasteful, but not disqualifying. Right. And and I think you're going to yeah. find that, that 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 Moms for Liberty, this idea that they are that they are echoing the style and technique of authoritarian groups that emerged in the past. Mm-hmm. will not be lost on people for long. Right. I hope not, Rick, because, like I said, I've noticed the, the media coverage since these bitches have emerged on the scene here, and I don't like it because they're they are, no. they're covering them as if they're just some parents' rights organization. And now, in fairness, there are some, uh, you know, investigative groups that are out there trying to, you know, expose them for what they're doing, but mainstream media... Right. It, it, it's a, it's been a little bit kid gloves, no pun intended, and I don't like that. They need to not give them any legitimacy whatsoever. Yeah, None. there's been a lot of there's been a lot of um, there's been a lot of um, uh, we're just being even handed coverage, and, yeah. and I, as we always say, you can't tell both sides of a lie. Correct. And you also shouldn't tell both sides of an authoritarian story. Because what they claim they want, what they claim they are, what they claim they believe, is at variance with the actions they take once they are in power, when they take over a school board, or right. when they or when they set a policy of banning books. And these are the people who are the shock troops of this. And, and again, I am not saying that every one of these women is a Nazi, because they're not all Nazis. A lot of them are people who are perfectly willing to adopt the tactics, the bullying, um, and, and the and the marginalization of people that that would be very familiar if you look at the rise of many other authoritarian movements in the past. That's correct. So, That's correct. And then they turn around and they claim that they're the victims. They're and, and so as I, as victimized. I the Deutsches Frauenwerk uh, reference out there. Go read, folks. Just go go do some research. Do your own research, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Where and hopefully where where you're doing that research, there aren't banned books. Right. <laughs> or you can't do the research. I right. mean, it's just, it's, it's extraordinary. And, you know, I look at this and it, it is a, it's a venomous movement. It's, mm-hmm. it, you know, you can put, you can put lipstick on a pig all you want. It's still a pig. And that's what this movement is. It's despicable. And they're taking advantage of some of the good and decent moms and parents out there who are, that's who right. may have legitimate concerns about stuff going on in their local school districts. And that's fine. I get it. Cause there's some wacky stuff going on in some places, but they are exploiting this for a much more sinister purpose. And I, I don't want people to you know think that just because they have, you know, they, they, they promote bake sales and they're bored housewives or whatever, that they think that this is some kind of innocuous movement. It's not, it's very, very dangerous. And right. I don't, I, you know, uh, we're gonna we're gonna continue to call them out for this kind of crap and not take any of their uh, victimhood bullshit. So, um, sure. but somebody else who is speaking of bullshit and and you know in the context of everything that's been going on this week, because you have all this crazy on the Republican side, and then Joe Biden's just out here presidenting and kicking ass and taking names. Uh, he had a successful 
successful conference over there with the NATO stuff. Oh, and- I mean, I, Kara, I, I would argue more than successful. I, I think he laid down some markers in, in NATO. Look, as we all know, Donald Trump treated NATO like an extortion racket. Right. It was, pay me, bitch. Shame about your country. If it burns down, you might want to give me a little extra. Um, <laughs> Joe Biden has treated NATO like it should be treated, like it, an essential alliance that has helped ensure peace in Europe and across the globe for almost 80 years now. Yes, and doing it at a time where it was five years ago this week that Donald Trump mm-hmm. and his despicable display, one of the key moments for me where I almost left the party over again, yeah. um, in 2018, the, health, the infamous Helsinki conference where he stood next to Putin and sided with Putin's thugs over our American intelligence right. agencies. Um, five years ago, this week, and Joe Biden stood there back in Helsinki with a stronger-than-ever NATO, with a larger NATO, with a unified NATO, uh, with successes across the world supporting Ukraine, getting them the the weapons they need, um, and doing what presidents do in the defense of democracy and the right thing and our strategic global alliances. And meanwhile, while you have... Joe Biden doing that, you've got these people like Tommy Tuberville, the senator from Alabama we brought up earlier, who is holding up military, holding up military, um, military promotions. promotions and because he, because of a cultural debate, because he doesn't, because he, because of, you know, the issue of women's health care and abortions and things like that. And he's one senator can do this. Rick, a lot of people don't understand this. It's uh, it's the blue card, right. right? Where they where they can hold up nominations in the Senate uh, until they get their demands, and it's very frustrating. It's not supposed to be used this way, and the most you know the greatest deliberative body in the Senate should not be creating a national security crisis because of their own personal agendas. And where is Mitch McConnell, Rick? We're you know what? I said this yesterday, you know, Tara. The, military, the military Republicans not taking Tommy Tuberville to task for doing this. It's outrageous. The great mystery here is why the hell that either Mitch McConnell, and look, we both know Mitch is not doing well physically. He's, he's, Mitch is very ill. He's not the guy he was. But why he hasn't called Tommy Tuberville up and said, cut this shit out. You're making yeah. the world hate us and, the, and us look bad. And I will tell you, I, I have heard from a number of people in the military that I'm friends with and that, I, that I've known for many, many years. And the anger across the branches, across the services at what he's doing is intense. Whereas you've got Joe Biden out talking about NATO and the heroism of, of, of NATO and, and, the, and, the, and the essential role NATO has played in America's security. Mm-hmm. You've got Tommy Tuberville. Um, uh, you know, he's a small man with a big mouth out there trying to, uh, to, to exercise power by breaking the U.S. Marine Corps. It's the first time in over 160 years the Marine Corps has not had a commandant. That's right. There's no vice chair of the Joint Chiefs. Like, what are we doing? I don't want to hear the Republicans ever say that they are pro-military ever again. Exactly. Just like they've lost all moral authority to say that they back the blue. The same yeah. thing applies now with the military, because what they have done, demonizing the military, trying to defund aspects of the military, yep. holding up over 250 appointments now because of this jerk off in his in his in his extreme agenda against women. And not, and not to mention his racism. Besides that, we've got two. Yeah. two Above and beyond, 
above and beyond the national security threat, the guy is, and folks, I know in our, our society it's easy to say, oh, so and so is a racist because, listen, <laughs> we don't use that term lightly. Jackfruit fits wearing. Yeah, exactly. We don't use that term lightly here. I am no. not one of those people who throws racism around all the time. I think sometimes no. it can be overused. In this instance, with Tupperville, it applies wholeheartedly. We have I'm a rabbit. We, we have a. a we have some clips, yes. yes. There's nobody more military than me. I'm all for the military. We need a strong military. For the first time in over a century, the U.S. Marine Corps will not have a permanent leader. Due to a hold on hundreds of military promotions by Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville, the senator is flexing the power, unique power, of an individual senator to affect the time on the floor about abortion. Senator Tuberville objects to the now defense policy put in place after the end of Roe versus Wade. With that leadership vacuum, and not being able to make these big strategic decisions at a time we, you know, we're facing the war in Ukraine and we're trying to prepare for any conflict with China, not being able to make those long-term big planning decisions is going to affect the military. If this continues, other branches will soon have the same problem. This has a real impact on the families of these officers. They can't move or resettle their families. They can't enroll their kids in schools. Their spouses can't take new jobs, you know, wherever they're going to be stationed next. You know, this keeps members of the military who are getting promoted from getting that pay raise. Senator Tuberville is saying he supports the military, but he's having the exact opposite effect. serious stuff, Rick. As you, as you know, you worked in the Defense Department. I worked on Capitol Hill. This time of year is when the appropriations bills go through Congress, and it's always a, a dogfight. It's it's the worst. It's the worst if you are if you work on the approach staff. It's so bad. Late nights and lots of rules committee stuff, and it's a hassle, but it, that is the meat and potatoes. Yes. yes, but that is the sausage that gets made, the meat and potatoes of legislating in Congress. And the NDAA, which is the National Defense Authorization Bill, that is basically what funds our Defense Department. And that's being debated right now, and they're trying to do all kinds of manipulating with all. They had 80 amendments introduced into this. These Republicans are doing so many things to undermine the readiness of our military and undermining our foreign policy. It's just infuriating, and that's on the House side. And then, of course, you've got Tuberville on the Senate side uh, doing this and then arguing with people that he believes that white supremacy, white nationalists should, are, right. are Americans too and, and have a place in the military. He literally said that and then he doubled down saying that he that white nationalists are Americans and that he didn't have an issue with that. But he's not a racist. Oh, but white, not. But, yeah, but, but white nationalists, so that's your, that's, that's your uh, definition. When people try to, reporters try to explain, yeah, but you're not understanding. <laughs> white nationalists are white supremacists, like, hello. And he's right. like, that's your opinion. No, no, it's, it's not. not an opinion, bro. Definition. It's actually not an opinion. That, that would be a fact. <laughs> Outrageous. And where and where's the where are the Republicans on this? Mom. Mom is the word. It's embarrassing. But I think it's important that we continue to show the contrast between Biden and what Biden's doing as president and what these Republicans are doing. We have a right. because like we were just talking about NATO. I want to show some folks that this is 
some some clips of Biden's accomplishments during his overseas trip. Take a look. It's good to be back in Vilnius, a nation and a region that knows better than anyone the transformational power of freedom. And a nation which stands today as a stronghold of liberty and opportunity. A proud member of the European Union and of NATO. (laughs) NATO is stronger, more energized, and yes, more united than ever in its history. Indeed, more vital to our shared future. It didn't happen by accident. It wasn't inevitable. When Putin and his craven lust for land and power unleashed his brutal war on Ukraine, he was betting NATO would break apart. He was betting NATO would break. He thought our unity would shatter at the first testing. He thought Democratic leaders would be weak. But he thought wrong. I mean that. Our commitment to Ukraine will not weaken. We will stand for liberty and freedom today, tomorrow, and for as long as it takes. Putin still wrongly believes that he can outlast Ukraine. He can't believe it's their land, their country, and their future. And even after all this time, Putin still doubts our staying power. He's still making a bad bet that the conviction and the unity among the United States and our allies and partners will break down. He still doesn't understand that our commitment, our values, our freedom is something he can never, never, ever, ever walk away from. It's who we are. I mean, it's who we are. It's who we are. The defense of freedom is not the work of a day or a year. It's the calling of our lifetime, of all time. We are steel for the struggle ahead. Our unity will not falter, I promise you. Yes. You know, I I watched that and I get a chill up my spine, Tara, because that is the kind of American leadership and inspiration that our allies around the world depend on. And that is the kind of American moral leadership that has been utterly abandoned in the Republican Party of today. 100%. They're on Putin's side. Mm-hmm. They're not with the side of, of, of NATO. They're not with the side of Ukraine or, or our allies across Europe and Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, Poland, Germany, France. They are with Putin. And, and you watch that and you recognize what it feels like again to see moral leadership in the world that stands up and says we are willing to put our values and our morals and our lives on the line together with our allies and people who share those values. And it's a remarkable it's a remarkable thing that a lot of people, Republicans and Democrats, are like, oh, Biden's so old, he's so out of it, he's so tired. You know what I saw there today? I saw a man with decades of wisdom mm-hmm. who's truly embraced the American ideal as it should be. And who's respected and, and, by and, other leaders in the world. Yes, who is respected and who is effective and who, who is not a guy that they laugh about behind his back or, or, or fear his return. That was a moment I think Americans should take a lot of heart watching that piece of video. A hundred percent. And, and I, I would hope that the Democratic Party would take a cue from us and they should be Once. running ads Once. like we just put up. We're helping you. We're help us help you. Dems, please, they should be taking out, uh, lo- you know, large ad buys 
showing Biden's leadership because the other side, and even Mika was on, on, on Morning Joe the other day saying this, that the other side is winning the messaging war going after Biden and him being old and feeble and because all people keep seeing are these little clips that are picked out here and there to make him look like that he right. didn't have it. And that is like, you know, I mean, the guy's 80, cut him a break. But I put his 80-year-old ass up against a lot of other people uh, any day of the week, given what he's accomplishing and what great shape that he's in and what he's doing as president. Way better shape than Donald Trump is. And way, a friend of mine said the other day, he goes, for the third presidential debate between Biden and Trump, I just want to put the two motherfuckers on a treadmill side by side. Yeah. And the first one who falls <laughs> off is the loser. Right. Or just put up, you know, like a ramp and see who can walk <laughs> up it better. You know, I mean, it's just it's it's crazy. But the, the, but the Democrats and the, the, the they have to be more aggressive in creating this imagery. Because and, and that's and that's whether that's it's foreign so policy or economic policy, right? Regardless of what that is, I want to talk about is economics in a second. But I, but since we're still talking about foreign policy, I just want to get this in here because again, it goes back to the absolute clown show that is Republicans and with the unseriousness of these people. Right. Because they keep trying to go after Biden on these made-up conspiracy theory things, considered with, with Hunter, and they keep calling it the Biden crime family, which is a bunch of bullshit, and they keep trying to tie Joe Biden to some corruption overseas which does not exist and um mm -hmm. you guys may remember that there is this guy up there congressman james comer who is the head of the oversight committee unfortunately and he's out here claiming for months now that they've had these witnesses these whistleblowers that have the, that have the goods on on biden's corruption with china blah, 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 blah. okay then the witness disappeared well, what happened to this magic witness? Oh, well, uh, you know, these people are in the spy business, and sometimes they're supposed to disappear. Well, guess what? The latest we found out... Oh, he was headline, in the spy business, all right. He was in the spy business, all right. This missing witness was a freaking accused spy for China. Indicted. In indicted. He was arrested by the Department of Justice. He was arrested in Cyprus back in February and jumped bail. And, yeah... Accused of being an and agent he, by the way, of China. He, by the way, folks, he, folks, he wasn't arrested because he was the white Biden whistleblower. He was arrested because he was engaged in the illegal arms trafficking arms. with Iran. Right, in China. Okay. Quality. Quality individuals, yes. The guy's name is Gal Luft. Okay, he's a U.S.-Israeli citizen, and he's bad news. And can I just tell you, Rick, I don't know if you saw this. But Fox News was actually trying to turn around and say, well, you know what? If he was a spy for China, then he should really know who those bad actors are. <laughs> They're trying to spin this as a good thing. You've got to hear Comer for yourself. You don't believe me? Listen well, to this jackass. Listen to this clip. jackass. Please play it. He's very credible, and the people on MSNBC who made fun of me when I said uh, we had an informant that was missing, they should feel like fools right now. Uh, and this is their worst nightmare because, uh, again, this is a credible witness. Gal Luft is charged with acting as an unregistered foreign agent, trafficking in arms, violating U.S. sanctions against Iran, and making false statements to federal agents. The DOJ stated that he, quote, subverted foreign agent registration laws in the U.S. to seek to promote Chinese policies by acting through a former high-ranking U.S. government official. He acted as a broker in deals for dangerous weapons and Iranian oil, and he told multiple lies about his crimes to law enforcement. They should feel like fools right now. 
<laughs> you can't make this stuff up. You know, you I, I look at it, but all I can think of is, is, you know, this is like watching a monkey try to take apart a microwave oven with a fork. You <laughs> well, know, you like know he's going to get shocked and probably killed at some point because he's stupid. But this is a guy who is not that bright. Comer is not a bright guy. No. And yet they built this little machine that you know very well um, from the house where they will pretend to be doing an investigation, but it's for political drama and theater. And, and in the past, they've had more effectiveness with it. But this one is so snake bit and so dumb and so badly done it's so that bad. it's really hard to take them seriously at any level whatsoever. It's so bad. And I feel like because oh, so much stuff has gone on this week that this story did not get the attention that it really should have. Because it, it actually is kind of a big story. And Republicans yeah, ran around really yesterday. It is a big story. It's a huge story. And Republicans ran around yesterday, uh, you know, screaming at the FBI director, at Chris Ray, and claiming all of this stuff about against the FBI and what they're doing and blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, most of it not true at all, okay? Yeah, Casting aspersions on the FBI, and Chris Ray handled himself very well. And Democrats actually did pretty good in that hearing, pushing back. But like, I think they did, actually. I, I think mean, they I think, did. They're finally starting to catch on. You know, you've got some good ones over there, like Swalwell and Ted Lou. Yeah, yeah. Jim Himes. Or, you know, they, you've got some good messengers there. But, like, this is a huge story. And they have the audacity to excoriate the, the, the FBI director on these, spuri these spurless accusations about bullshit. Oh. Meanwhile, there's a real freaking Chinese fight. And how many of these people? I really, we should do this, actually, Rick. Yeah. We should do a list of all of the, the former Trump people and Republicans that have been indicted for foreign, you know, some kind of foreign crap that have been you know, brought up on federal charges, because sure. there's a whole long list of them. But Republicans get away with trying to have some moral authority on this. I just want to read one thing about this from Judd Legum, uh, who has a, an excellent newsletter. You should check it out. But he wrote uh, in a Twitter thread, he said, on July 5th, this guy, Gal Luft, Luft contacted the New York Post with more details of his allegations about Biden and this alleged Chinese corruption. And Luft alleged he came forward because he was concerned about Biden's corrupt relationship with China. Meanwhile, he's under indictment by the Department of Justice. Okay? These people are, they, are they have no do? shame. They have no shame. None no. whatsoever. None! None. But while all this is going on, again, we go back to President Biden, who it's imperative that we make sure we continue to point out what great work he's doing for this country, including on the economic side. James Carville said, right? Steal, my, steal our ads. Please. Steal our stuff. Take, Take them. them. Just we, use it. Yes, you can have something. it. something. Please. Promote them. Please. We got great inflation numbers this week. It's the lowest inflation in like 20 months or something like yep. that. It was 9% last year at this time. It's 3% now. The jobs numbers were phenomenal last week. And Biden's not getting enough credit for it. He's just not. They're out here trying to push this Bidenomic stuff, which is, okay, great, but it's a little bit of a mouthful. Simplify it. What Biden is doing is helping American families. But inflation is down, like the Inflation Reduction Act. Remember that? That was a good thing. Use right. it. They said, when they pitched the Inflation Reduction Act, they said, in, seven, in five to seven months, the Inflation Reduction Act will begin to bring down inflation across the board. Holy crap, it's six and a half months. And right now. here it is. So we want to leave you on a good note, reminding yes. you that the country is better off today than it was a year ago and even better off than it was two years ago. And all thanks to President Biden. Biden. Check it out.
We're back with some breaking economic data. That's right. Inflation cooled to 3% in June over the year and 0.2% on the month. Cooling and better than expected, Phil and Pamela. That is the headline from this report. The best inflation numbers since August of 2021. One year ago, inflation in America was 9.1% and now 3%. It fell fast. To be at 3%, you know, given where we've come from, I think is, a, is an achievement that we should all Put simply, I would argue the Biden economic plan is working. The proof is in the pudding, folks. That proof is in Absolutely. the pudding. We still have a ways to go, but we're on the right track in this country. So we're here to help push that message and, and make people feel inspired to keep fighting for our democracy and making sure we don't go back to the dark times with those crazies on the other side. Uh, that's it for us this week. Rick, do you have a new podcast out this week? I do have a new podcast out this week, and I hope you guys will listen in. Uh, the Enemies List podcast is, uh, we're, we've got several new episodes coming out this week. I can't ever keep track of what drops what day. Um, but <laughs> well, I just go subscribe. Like if you subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to check out my new article on Ron DeSantis, it's called Electile Dysfunction. <laughs> yes. And it's over at ResolutSquare.com. <laughs> very good, very good. And check me out on Michael Cohen's podcast. Uh, I'm on with our good friend nice. Michael Cohen. That episode drops this week as well. We will see you guys in a couple weeks. And uh, keep sending us your questions and your comments. And don't forget to follow us on Threads. We'll see you then. Yes. Bye.